It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Your Six oh six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Thursday. I swear I can see the weekend from here. And you heard the weather forecast. Weather-wise, things do change up over the weekend. We'll get into that. Today's show is sponsored by Rabid Penguin Spray. The only spray guaranteed to keep dangerous rabid penguins at bay. You never know when you're going to run across one of those buggers. Okay, I have a story, which I like to do first thing in the morning. Give you guys a story that just kind of makes your day. And especially the kind of story that you can take to work and tell everybody about. But, you know, it's it's a sketchy story. But I think that's what you want this time of the morning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Torons, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, so it's a... It's a Cowboy State Daily story. I'm going to read the headline and let you try to decipher it. Then we'll get into it, right? Colorado man. So you know we're in trouble already. It begins with Colorado man. Which, in my opinion, has become every bit as bad as saying Florida man. And I'm from Florida. And I swear to you, Florida was not like that when I was growing up. But now, Colorado man, Florida man, same thing. Colorado man calls Wyoming cops... You know this is not going to end well if he's called the cops. On himself. Helps them find his cocaine. Okay. Hey, Cowboy State Daily, you have my attention with that one. Believing, the story says, a friend had bugged his phone and eyeglasses. (laughs) So, you know, the guy is... uh, already stoned. I mean, you want to know where the cocaine is, pal? It's already up your nose, obviously. Believing a friend had bugged his phone and eyeglasses, a Colorado man called Laramie County Sheriff's Office deputies on himself east of Cheyenne, Wyoming, then helped them find his cocaine and marijuana, according to court documents. The man, 33 years old, of Colorado Springs, now faces criminal charges, cocaine possession, This is a felony punishable by up to seven years in prison and a $15,000 fine. Marijuana possession. That's a misdemeanor because it's less than three ounces. Punishable by up to one year and a $1,000 fine. Driving under the influence. Punished by up to six months in jail and a $750 fine. Laramie County Assistant District Attorney charged him... In this case, uh, a felony, Laramie County District Court. That happened on Tuesday. Uh, he called law. This guy called law enforcement at 6:41 a.m. January 4th in Cheyenne to report a threat. 
He said someone was bugging his vehicle and making threats. Says that evidently, well, I mean, think about this. Again, you know the guy's already stoned if he's that paranoid. Someone is bugging my eyeglasses. He said a friend from Colorado Springs had been harassing him about his late mother, who had died 10 years ago. The friend started bugging his phone. Oh, and and his wallet. You ever have a listening device in your wallet? Which is not a good thing for the person listening if you have uh, something for breakfast or lunch that causes a lot of noise back there. But okay. Also had bugged his clothing and eyeglasses. So this guy thinks there's listening devices all over everything. He told uh, the cops that he got his new eyeglasses, threw his wallet away, and got his cell phone debugged. He asked, uh, the cop asked for his driver's license. Well, he's thrown his wallet away. He doesn't have a driver's license anymore. He reportedly pulled his license from a handful of dollar bills. Oh, so it wasn't in the wallet. Now, I know you're going to find this hard to believe. The police say his pupils were constricted. And he seemed nervous. Gee, I wonder why. Cheyenne, Wyoming, he was asked uh, if he knew where he was, and the guy said, yeah, Cheyenne, and that he didn't know anyone in Cheyenne, but had to get away from Colorado Springs. Now, in this case, I do understand that he just had to get away from Colorado Springs. We all understand that. He asked the officer, if, uh, or the officer asked him if there's any alcohol or drugs before driving to Cheyenne. Did he partake of any? He said he didn't drink alcohol, but had used cocaine the prior evening back in Colorado Springs. So they ran a sobriety test to make sure he was safe to operate a motor vehicle, and duh, no, he struggled with the test. He allegedly said that on his way to Cheyenne, he stopped in Fort Collins for a few hours and there smoked cocaine and marijuana simultaneously. Hence the paranoia. He rolled up to a Walmart. Of course, at some point, Walmart has to be involved on Livingston Avenue in Cheyenne and waited for it to open. Brought a, he just bought a few things there, according to the affidavit, and started driving away. So, quote, Austin told me there was cocaine in his jacket pocket. Austin said he had marijuana in the trunk of the vehicle, too. So they gave another deputy permission to search the vehicle. The document says he even helped the deputies find the drugs, which were there in a little black jar in the trunk. He told deputies there was a Ziploc bag under a box with more green leafy stuff in there. So, obviously, uh, consented to having his blood drawn for further tests. We already know. Now, see, we already know he's ripped here. We already know that. Now we just got to figure out to what extent. Cocaine possession is a felony when drugs weigh in excess of three grams. Marijuana possession is a misdemeanor, as is the case when the drug weight is uh, fewer than three ounces. His case is ongoing at this point. Uh, there's a picture of the guy here, and yeah, he doesn't look all that smart. That I'm sure, I just he doesn't look all that smart. But I am glad to say, as a guy who was raised in Florida. And again, I swear to you, 
Florida was not like that when I was growing up. Whenever you hear Florida man, right away you know what's coming. We've now reached the point that when we say Colorado man, we're going to get the same story. We know this to be the case. So Florida man is not the only one now. There's California man, probably, and definitely Colorado man. I'm going to have to put a list together now because there's certain places that you know when you hear a guy is from a certain just one of these places, you know what's coming. Hey, police officers, can you help me find my drugs? A few years ago, there was a woman who called the sheriff's department, or I think it was the sheriff's department. No, just, well, the local uh, Cheyenne police. And ended up getting on the phone with the police chief because the, the deputy who answered the phone couldn't believe what he was hearing, so he put the chief of police on who was more than happy to talk to the young lady. She had purchased some marijuana items in Colorado, driven across the border to Cheyenne, where she was arrested for possession of this stuff. But I bought it legally. Yeah, it's legal in Colorado, not in Wyoming. So they filed charges on her and so on. Eventually, she would let her go. Well, she called because she wanted her drugs back. No, ma'am, you don't get your drugs back. They're illegal in Wyoming. If you want to buy that stuff in Colorado, you have to partake of it in Colorado. You're not allowed to bring that across the border to Wyoming. 6.15 is the time. Welcome to Wolf Radio. W-O-K-E is the top of the hour, and we're sponsored by Rainbow Mood Hair Color, the hair dye that changes your hair color depending on what's pissing you off now. <laughs> You'll need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Six twenty-three is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Thursday, so I'll show my hands here. How many people would like to go coyote hunting in Wyoming from helicopter? Okay, it's pretty much everybody thought so. Yesterday, I came across a story which I thought, hold on. I think I have a better solution here. And at first, I was kidding when I said it. Now I realize it's absolutely the way to go. I mean, here's what happened. In the state of Wyoming, first off, the mule deer population suffered. We had all that drought, right? Then we had a winter last winter with just a lot of snow. And it really was hard on the mule deer population. So... They have to recover. They have to make a lot of babies, which was good because if you remember, through last spring, summer, and even into the fall, it was wet and green all over Wyoming. Between the wet and the green, the mule deer are out there getting busy, making little babies. Problem is, we have an overpopulation of coyotes, and they see the little fawns out there, and they'll go after them. And in, some, in a lot of cases, there's not a whole lot that mom and dad can do about it. You know, mom tries like crazy to protect, but there's only so much she can do. So with an overpopulation of coyotes and an underpopulation of mule deer that's being killed off by the coyotes, we can see that this could devastate the mule deer population. So the state of Wyoming, Wyoming Game and Fish, has decided, well, we just need to bring the population down. So what they're going to do is they put aside about $200,000 of taxpayer money and they're going to get up in helicopters and fly around and shoot coyotes. 
Okay, I, I read that and thought, hold on, guys. You're missing a business opportunity here. I mean, a hell of a business opportunity. Guys, you could charge for this. I mean, if you charge, I'm just going to pick a number. I don't know what the price would really be. Let's pick a number at random. If you charge $250 for a trip, right? BYOG, bring your own gun. If you don't have a gun that suits the mission, they'll rent one to you and also sell you some ammo. So they can make all sorts of money here. And they get up in a helicopter and fly people over and they can hunt coyotes from the air. Now the state is making money off of this, not losing money. This is a great idea. Now, at first, when I said that yesterday, I was kidding around, but then I started to look into it. I have a story up this morning on the Wake Up Wyoming site with the evidence. Let's go down to Texas. As you know, Texas has a, a huge hog problem, and it's not just the number of hogs that are out there. It's the size of them, boars, really, with tusk. Big things, and they're just overrunning everything. And so they want people to go down there and kill them. Got to reduce that population. At the same time, they have a high coyote problem. I mean, worse than we do. Now, a few years back, I was interviewing Ted Nugent. And he and I got into this topic because he said he had a new neighbor who had asked him, hey, Ted, what do you do about your coyote problem? Because the neighbor was having the same problem on his property. And Ted said, "Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a coyote problem. The coyotes, on the other hand, have a Ted problem. And I thought, well, he's absolutely right in the way to handle it. That's what they're doing in Texas. And if you're in Texas, if you would like to charter a hunting trip on a helicopter, that's actually a thing in Texas. You can actually, yeah... You can get a guide who will take you up in a helicopter and they'll fly you over where there's all sorts of hogs and coyotes and you can just shoot them. Now, if you're wondering about leaving the bodies out there, oh, don't worry, the bodies will be devoured by other things. I know some people out there are animal activists, hate the idea, but these things are really out of control and the population needs to be dropped down to something much more manageable. Now, Texas isn't the only state that does this. I found out other states have it going on, too. So to the Wyoming Game and Fish Department, I've written up this story, and I'll send it to them, and I'll get word to them as well. Hey, guys, you're thinking about this in the wrong way. You're looking at spending taxpayer money to go coyote hunting. What I'm saying is make money at it. And even if we didn't use our own helicopters, the state's helicopters, that's okay. You can just call one of these companies that operates out of Texas or some of these other states. Hey, how would you like to do that in Wyoming? There's people people here who would love to get on board with you and head out there and go hunting like this. And the state can still make some money off of that, too. Selling the licenses or whatever the heck for it. So, you know, but still there's money-making opportunities here. Typical of people in government to think, well, I guess we're going to have to spend the money to do this. And my answer is, and so is the answer of Texas and some other states, no, we will make money doing this. We're not going to spend money doing this. We will make money doing this. What a brilliant idea. I was kidding yesterday when I said it, but it turns out it's already being done in other states. We can just go ahead and do it here. All right, coming up on 630 local news, coming away right after local news, update on the weather forecast. 
then you and I get back into it again. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. If you want to see the story that I was just talking about, including video from Texas and some other states, you can go ahead and read the story and watch the video on the Wake Up Wyoming site. And I know Miss Mary will alert the story out at some point. It's Wake Up Wyoming. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Thirty-six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I do have an extended forecast from Don Day coming up in just a couple of minutes from now at 645. And it is important because we do have a little bit of niceness left here, but we're running out of niceness. And then some weather changes happen. He'll explain all this to you at 645. So, okay, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite song. Well, I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small, they're for sale, hell I want them all. I like guns, I like guns, I like guns. Once again here in the state of Wyoming, debate over whether Wyoming residents should be able to pack heat into the state capital in Cheyenne is on again. Okay, so this again, Cowboy State Daily Representative Jerry Haraldson, Republican Wheatland told Cowboy State Daily on Wednesday that he plans to introduce a bill aimed, no pun intended, <clears throat> at eliminating gun-free zones in Wyoming. Similar measures sponsored during last year's session of the Wyoming legislator died in the House Appropriations Committee. The bill, the weak point was the failure to clarify the weapons policy for Wyoming's jails and prisons. In other words, if you walked in to a jail or prison, to visit somebody. They're not going to let you walk in with a gun for various reasons. So that was one of the reasons that it died because it didn't clarify. Well, what happens if somebody walks into Another difference is that this new bill would allow teachers to conceal carry in school. That wasn't included in last year's bill. He says the fact that Wyoming has gun-free zones is absolutely ludicrous um, he said, particularly considering that, for instance, Colorado allows for concealed carry on some university campi. So can we do that here? And University of Wyoming went through a bit of a fight on that a while ago, which led to the question of well, who's really in charge when it comes to laws. Can the University of Wyoming decide that its rules on campus are different than state laws? Story says there have been other provisions, attempts to eliminate gun-free zones in Wyoming. Uh, 2019 bill that would have done so was killed in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Legislators in 2024 session set to begin February 12th because it's a budget session. Bills must have a two-thirds majority in order to get introduced, which means 
it's very unlikely, I think, we'll see, very unlikely that this bill gets introduced this time. Doesn't matter if you like the bill or not. It's a budget session, so they make it difficult. And a budget session is a short session. So there's not a lot that can get done as far as just passing regular laws. You're going to hear, this is February 12th, I think it said that they start the legislative session. So there's going to be a lot of bills introduced, and most of them will never see the light of day because it's a budget session. And that's what they want to focus on. It also helps Wyoming to have fewer laws in other states, which makes it a lot easier to live here. I mean, even though you might have your complaints about living in Wyoming, it's much easier here than other states because we don't allow a full-time legislative process where they're constantly trying to introduce. Okay, so with the clarification that jails and prisons will remain gun-free, Harrelson said that he's optimistic the bill will pass. He bases that on confidence that most Wyomingites agree with him about gun-free zones. Uh, don't make It doesn't make uh, innocent people any safer, he says, just soft targets. Quote, in any school that has been eliminated from the gun-free zone, there has not been a shooting yet. 83% of mass shootings have been in gun-free zones. He says the safest place on the planet is where law-abiding citizens are armed. Some gun-free zones in Wyoming include public schools, the Capitol in Cheyenne, and many other government buildings throughout the state, and the University of Wyoming campus. The topic of allowing firearms in the Capitol came up during the 2023 session after disturbance in the witness gallery of the Senate chamber. At the time, Senator Bo Biden, Republican of Ranchester, said the incident left him wishing he'd had a gun. The, per- the person in the witness gallery looked very agitated and not right, he said at the time. And I was thinking, I wish I had my gun. I'd be able to protect myself. Harrison said it would only make sense if the legislators and other Wyoming residents uh, should be able to conceal carry in the Capitol. Nothing that isn't allowed in many other uh, state Capitol buildings, neighboring states might allow that. So if you're thinking about, well, what if somebody with a gun walked into the gallery of the Senate and started shooting up the Senate? Well... The answer would be, well, a lot of senators would pull their guns and start shooting back. So you got to think of it from that perspective, too. A very well-armed Senate. So wake up, Wyoming. When you need to know quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Six forty nine is the time. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Okay, uh, Frank. I yeah, I was earlier this morning telling folks about this guy from Colorado who showed up in Cheyenne, called the police on himself, and then requested help. To, well, he needed. He he lost where his cocaine and marijuana was in his vehicle oh, and so needed they, help. Did they, they, they yeah. find it? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, they helped oh, him out okay, with that. Yeah. Not a problem. So, but the story begins with Colorado man, and I began to realize, you know, we say Florida man, you know what's coming. Yeah. Have we reached the point with Colorado man? We've reached him sometimes with Wyoming man yes, too. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Now I would say Wyoming man is a bit more rare, but it happens. Yeah, yeah. But when you hear Colorado man, to me immediately. I go to some stone guy doing something really weird. 
Well, that does happen there. Yeah, it does, yes. Okay. So that's why I was wondering. So he called the cops on himself. Yes. But why did he do it in Cheyenne? Uh, we'll be see. Okay, <clears throat> now <laughs> this is where it gets really interesting, Frank. You see, because according to this guy, uh, he, a friend of his who had also, by the way, sold him these drugs, uh, oh. had started to uh, harass him and surveil him. He was worried that he had bugging devices, not just in his cell phone, but in his eyeglasses and wallet. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. so he tried to get away, get out of range of the signals, so he drove up to Cheyenne. But once he got into Cheyenne, he lost track of where the drugs were, got really confused, and called the cops for help. Okay, well, you know, that's... Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure the cops were just were mighty glad to... I'm sure, yes. In the I, I wonder if they ever found the bugging devices in his eyeglasses. Yeah, I want to you know, know. Those are hard to find, you know. Women's college basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cowgirls lost at UNLV 58-51 in a battle of the two top teams in the Mountain West Conference. Poor perimeter shooting cost the Cowgirls dearly in this game. They went 2 of 19 from the three-point line. Emily Melema and Melina Peterson each had 12 points each, but Allison Furtick was held to just 6. UNLV didn't play all that great, but they did lead at one point by 12. Wyoming is now 7-2 and in Mountain West play, 12-8 and in overall. UNLV is 18-2 and overall and 8-1 and in league play. Cowgirls will be at home on Saturday in Laramie to meet Nevada. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be at UNLV on Saturday. The Pokes are coming off a win over Air Force on the road their last time out. So they're 5-3 and three in Mountain West play and 12-9 and nine overall. Junior college basketball tonight. The Casper College teams will host LCCC from Cheyenne at 5.30 and 7.30 at the T-Bird Gym. Casper College women are 17-5 and five, but dropped out of the nation's top 25 after a weekend loss to Western Wyoming. Prior to that, the T-Birds had won eight in a row. The LCCC women's team have won two of the last three. They sit at 9 and 11. The Casper men are 13 and 9. They've won two of their last three. And the L-Trip men are 12 and 10. They've lost three of the last four. Our latest Wild Preps High School basketball poll is out in 4A boys. Cheyenne Central still number one. Laramie two. Natrona three. Cheyenne East four. And Sheridan five. Powell is still number one in 3A followed by Douglas, Lovell, Pinedale, and Buffalo. And then Lingle remains number one in 2A boys with Tongue River second, right third, Wyoming Indian fourth, and Bighorn fifth. And in 1A, Upton remains number one, followed by Cokeville, Farson, Saratoga, Farson, and Encampment. On the girls' side, in Cheyenne East still number one in 4A with Cody second, Campbell County third, Sheridan fourth, and Laramie fifth. Douglas still numero uno in 3A, followed by Buffalo, Powell, Pinedale, and Mountain View. Tongue River rated number one in 2A with Wyoming Indian second, Sundance third, Lingle fourth, and Wind River fifth. And Cokeville rated first in 1A, followed by Upton, Southeast Burlington, and Snake River. High school wrestling, the Cheyenne Central boys beat Laramie in a duel yesterday, 43-30. The Laramie girls beat Central 15-12. to Tonight, Natrona will travel to Sheridan, and Rollins will have a big tournament on Saturday, and both of the Casper schools will be in that deal. That's in sports. Well, these kids must be exhausted. They sound busy. Yeah, this is a very busy time. Okay. If the yeah. weather just can just hold this weekend, yeah, just well. you know, but 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 who, but who knows? Yeah, right? yeah. Well, it's going to get wetter. That's definitely for sure. So, and there's some places that might have to watch their roads, but mostly it's just going to get a lot wetter. According to Don Day, it's going to feel more like a spring shower time oh. than anything else. Gotcha. So, yeah, we're not going to have the Arctic blast coming down. Everything's thank, thank coming up from the that. Gulf. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, hang in there, Frank. Yeah. All right, thank you. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're rolling to news time after the national local update on the weather forecast. And then... I just gave you a Wyoming gun story, but here's another. A, a judge made a ruling on ammunition that I think you gun owners, gun fanatics out there especially, is just going to absolutely love. It's nice to hear a judge do the right thing for once. Wake up, Wyoming.
7.06 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. Some changes weather-wise you heard about it coming as we get into the weekend. Don Day's on live at 7.45 to tell you all about Today's it. Today's show is sponsored by Rabid Penguin Spray, the only spray guaranteed to keep dangerous rabid penguins at bay. I, I mean, you never know, so... you. You can't take that kind of a thing lightly, you know. So last hour, I got to talk about a Wyoming gun story, which had to do, for those who missed it, it has to do with a bill that's being introduced in this legislative session to make more places gun-free zones that are currently not in the state of Wyoming. So next up, for you folks out there, not just in Wyoming, but across the nation, you ought to love this court decision. I like guns, I like the way they look. I don't care if they're big or small Therefore say, well, I want them all I like guns, I like guns, I like guns Anything that can be done to make sure that you can't either get a gun or use your gun is being tried by the state of California. Well, a federal judge in California said that ammunition background checks violate the Constitution. Well, I mean... We have a problem with uh, certain kinds of background checks for guns. We're not opposed. I'm not opposed to. I know most of you are opposed to background checks of some kind. But how far does that go? Well, here here's the story. United States District Court Judge Roger T. Bentes, I think is how you pronounce his name, issued a decision on Tuesday blocking enforcement of California's background check requirement for ammunition purchases. California law requires that would-be ammunition purchases submit to a background check like the one they undergo to purchase a firearm. The law implemented to the ammunition background check from uh, a Senate bill talks about the Senate bills and so on. Uh, the court challenge was directed toward that. So when I, I look at this, and I think that's another one of those things that you would just shove underground. But in other words... If you have to get a background check in order to buy ammunition in the state of California, wouldn't you just buy your ammunition outside of the state of California? And you could say, well, but they made it illegal then to transport that ammunition in. And the answer would be so. People are still going to do it anyway. I mean, oftentimes when someone tries to write a law like this, all they're doing is shoving the activity underground. They're not stopping it. Okay, so they weighed the background check requirement the judge did, in light of a Supreme Court decision and found it unconstitutional. The judge wrote, the ammunition background check laws have no historic pedigree and operate in such a way that they violate the Second Amendment right of citizens to keep and bear arms. In other words, what he's arguing here is, okay, so California begrudgingly allowed its people to own a firearm. But then they try to make it difficult to get the ammunition for that firearm. Well, what good is the gun if you don't have the ammunition for the gun? It's completely useless. Unless, and I've always thought this was curious, for those who watched the old Superman television show way back when, and you always find it interesting. So here's the bad guy will pull a gun and try to shoot Superman. And, of course, Superman will always put his hands on his hips and stand there and smile, puff his chest out, as the bullets just bounce off his chest. 
When the bad guy runs out of bullets, he then throws the gun at Superman. And that's when Superman puts his arms up and ducks. <laughs> oh, gosh, he threw the gun at me. Forget the bullets, but he threw the gun at me. That's about all you can do is throw the gun, I guess, if, if you don't have bullets to operate it. Well, okay. Story says, the plane has also targeted California's law against purchasing ammunition in other states and bringing it back to California. The judge also decided in the plaintiff's favor concerning the anti-importation laws. He subsequently barred any of his agents from enforcing the ammunition background check or the importation law. So that was part of what I was saying. Does it really matter, honestly, if uh, somebody were to go underground? Okay, I have to get a background check in the state of California for ammunition. Fine. Okay. I'm just going to buy my ammunition outside. Now, of course, that, well, it's illegal to import it. Do people really care? No, they don't. They'll just go ahead and smuggle it in like they smuggle everything else in. I, I know I've told this before, but I'll do it again. If you want cigarettes that are the highest taxed and highest regulated, making them the most expensive cigarettes and hardest to get cigarettes in America, go to New York City. If you want cigarettes that are not taxed and not regulated in any way, therefore very inexpensive and easy to get, go to New York City because the underground economy is just booming. And besides, when I open up my retail store chain along the California border, I mean, I'll be selling ammunition like crazy. Hey, friends, do you find yourself living in California and able to buy less and less of the basic fun and necessities of life? Well, now you can shop free at will because of a new chain of stores opening up on the California border. It's Banned in California. Yes, Banned in California provides all the products that you're no longer allowed to buy inside the California border. Guys, have you been wanting to buy that new fur coat for the little lady? What about that massive, energy-guzzling, big-screen TV? You'll find it on sale now at Band in California. Serious lawnmowers that get the job done and big SUVs. And yes, to keep those little kitties happy, get them a Happy Meal with extra trans fat in the food court, of course. And feel free to walk around and smoke inside while the little lady goes to the tanning bed. Yes, Band in California, now located at every state location along the California border. Open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Illegal immigrants on staff to show you how to speak back across the border with everything you've purchased. I love the ending of that. Okay, when I wrote that bit, I finished it and I thought, no, it needs one more little punch at the end there to really make it. And it didn't take me long to figure, well, once you buy all the stuff on the California border, how do you get it back into California? Well, obviously, illegal immigrants on staff to help you smuggle everything across the border. Well, obviously, not only do they know how to do it, but when it comes to illegal immigration, I, no one in California is going to check these guys, right? Nobody's going to check them. So illegal immigrants can just pick up whatever they want. I mean, they're bringing in fentanyl like crazy. So just buy all the ammunition you want. Hand it to the illegal immigrants. They'll just walk it across the border for you. Because, see, if you try to smuggle it across the border, they're going to check you because you're an American citizen. But if they try to smuggle it across the border, well, they're just going to let them through. Come on in, please. Absolutely. Here, can we help you carry that? That's basically what you're going to get. So, 
once again, and now I'm glad the judge ruled that way because this uh, this kind of a decision doesn't just affect California. It will affect all across the nation because there's other places that are trying to do the same thing when it comes to ammunition bans. And let's not forget the people who love to load and make their own ammunition at home. Not only will they do it more often, but here again, that's part of that underground economy and they'll just sell more whether it's legal or not. If someone ever approaches you and tries to rob you, tell them to stop. Ask them, is it necessary? Is it nice? Do you have my permission? Tell them that you do not want to be touched. If they point a gun at you, tell them that it's illegal. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. 720 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So I want you to imagine that you're having a dream that basically you're on Noah's Ark and you wake up to find out it is absolutely true inside your house. Down to Cheyenne we go with someone who works with us at Town Square Media. Felicia is on the line. I am really just heartbroken to hear about what you're going through. Is the family doing okay? Hey, Glenn. Yeah. Um, and speaking of family, you might hear my four-year-old here. We're, um, okay. we're crammed into my father-in-law's house right now, <laughs> okay, so okay. there's not a lot of space. Glad you had somewhere to go anyway. Okay, so let's start off. Which neighborhood is this, for those who don't know the story well? Yeah, so um, here in Cheyenne, there's a park called Cahill Park off of Del Range, and our neighborhood is adjacent to the park. It's called Darnell Place. Um, it backs up next to Ridge Road and Del Range. Okay. And at some point, what was it, in the middle of the night, is that a city water main that broke? Uh, yeah. So um, my neighbor called me at 2 in the morning, and uh, I didn't hear it until my I have a Boston Terrier who, like, lost her mind, and I heard something crash, and I thought it was maybe my husky getting into something she wasn't supposed to. So I got up and I saw my neighbor called me and she's 15 weeks pregnant. So I called her back right away. I was worried something happened with the baby. And she said, is your basement flooding? And of course I go, what, what do you mean is my basement flooding? Um, so I went out and I looked down the stairs and there was already three feet of water in our basement. Um, and we couldn't even get down there cause it had covered the electrical outlets by that point. Um, and so I rush outside and I see a, a fire truck and the whole street is covered in water that would come up to my knees. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And my neighbors out there, I, I mean, a whole street's out there by this point. We've all walked door to door to get our neighbors up uh, because there wasn't an EMT or anyone doing it. And um, I guess it was first reported at 1 a.m. and they didn't get there until at least 2.30 or and then they didn't get the water turned off until shortly after 5 in the morning. How many homes were affected by this? So I can tell you that I know of at least eight homes that have interior damage that is significant. Um, and then our whole street, so up to 20 homes, has damage in our backyards, like three inches of mud across everything, our garages. Um and th those homes that were severely affected, we're seeing between $30,000 and $80,000 to put our life back together. Mm. Um, unfortunately, my home is the one that had eight feet of water in it. Right. 
So everything needs pulled out. And um, we just, everyone's lost so much, Glenn. Okay. Um, now, when we like, talk about that much damage, that kind of a price mm-hmm. tag on it. So right away, mm-hmm. I already know the answer to this, but please explain to everybody. Right away, the first thing you do is you call your insurance company, right? That's right. We called them and... Um, I'll tell you, uh, and I, you know how insurance is like, we all have kind of a love hate relationship with insurance. Um, but my agent did everything to try and get this covered. They were looking for, you know, any fine lines where this would be covered, but because it was from a city water main and it was not inside our homes, home insurance can't cover it. And our agents mused that even flood insurance wouldn't necessarily cover it because it wasn't a natural flood. Okay. So that was, um, that <laughs> It seemed like the problem also was from some other homeowners in the area that even if they did, the insurance companies give you some money to cover this, it's not going to come anywhere near what it's actually going to cost you. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I mean, I don't like $80,000 is more than I make in a year. Yeah. <laughs> so, <I can't. laughs> okay. Now let's take a look at then what would be the next natural course of action is to call the city and say, okay, that was your water pipe, so city, what are you going to do? And the answer was? Uh, well, not really an answer. They gave us a little blue piece of paper that said, if you feel like you want to uh, file a claim with the city, you have to go to risk management. So we went to risk management and they gave us another piece of paper where we file a claim with Wyoming Association of Risk Management. Um, and they can approve or deny the claim. And um, we're all kind of worried that they're going to chalk it up to an act of God so they don't have to pay anything. Because mm. um, everything we have heard is that it's they expect pipe breaks this time of year because the ground warms from being frozen. And I guess somehow that can break a 12-inch city water main. Right. So the pipe is their problem, but your property becomes your problem. That's correct. And no avenue of help. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I, you're in with family. It's good to know that you, at least you had some place you can go. I worry that maybe some other people in your neighborhood didn't have some place to go. And there is help, it seems, within the neighborhood. I mean, neighbors helping neighbors is what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, we do have several military families on our street that are stationed here, so they didn't have anywhere to go. Um, My next-door neighbors are military, and they're from California, and so um, they've applied for emergency-based housing, but uh, from my understanding, have not heard anything about it. So a lot of my neighbors were living upstairs with just uh, electric heaters because none of us had a furnace, a water heater, or a washer and dryer after this. And most of us are still just trying to get the house cleaned up enough we can put one of those in. Mm. Okay. So is there any help coming your way as far as, let's say, uh, GoFundMe, anything like that where people are trying to put together some kind of help? Yeah. So I will say, Glenn, we've seen a remarkable uplifting movement with Cheyenne people, if not necessarily the government. Um, So... My mom put together a GoFundMe. My neighbors have a GoFundMe. And then uh, Connection Cheyenne is a Facebook group here run by Landon Medina. Um, And they've been so helpful. They've brought us food. They've been trying to mobilize some fundraising efforts. 
Okay. So, um, in all of this, that's been very uplifting. Connection, Cheyenne, for those people of social media, do you know of a website address or someplace they can get to one of the GoFundMes? Um, Even yeah, just keywords so, to get them there. Yeah, you can look up, um, if you look up Flooding Cheyenne and then uh, Hernandez is one of the family last names, and then okay. Peterson is ours. Okay. And because I did get a note from a lady in Laramie who heard this story as I talked about it yesterday, who wanted to know where those GoFundMe's were so she could send at least a little bit something to help you guys out. Well, okay. This is going to be, I'm sorry that you're going through this. This is going to be kind of a, a long haul here to get everything all fixed up, but at least you have some place to stay. I'm happy to hear that. So the kids all good? Um, yeah, I mean, they're all struggling. Okay. Um, a couple of the kids, like my son was having nightmares and uh, I call it stress sick, but you know, right. he was getting sick and just scared. Yeah. And then okay. uh, my neighbor's kids kept waking up screaming water. Yeah. So. Well, go congratulate the dog for being the hero and waking everybody up. <laughs> yeah, she's been told she's a little hero yeah, quite right. a bit now. All right. I'll probably ask you back on as this whole thing progresses because I, I want to know and everybody else does how this plays out. Thanks for coming on this morning, Felicia. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for listening, Glenn. Yeah, you have a good day. Absolutely. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of news time. Right after local news, update on the weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. Don Day is on at 745 because you've got just a little bit of niceness left. And then all of a sudden, the weather starts to change in a really wet way. Not necessarily snowy at first, but in a really wet way. Higher elevations are going to get the snow for sure. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Thirty-six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Now oh, here's okay. So people are starting to respond to Felicia's story. Now I work with Felicia at our Cheyenne radio stations for Town Square Media, so I work with her there. And she sent me a text message as soon as all of this happened, and I really have felt powerless. I don't know what to do to help you. I honestly don't. So for those just joining me, her story. For those who are in Cheyenne. Uh, she Her picture is on the cover of the Cheyenne Tribune Eagle this morning. But she also has been written up by Cowboy State Daily and, of course, on our own news sites because, well, uh, she runs our websites, basically, is what she does. So, yeah, her story, of course, was featured by us, and I wanted to make sure she got on the air to talk about it, especially because those communities need help. It was a neighborhood where a big water main broke, and like she said, it was just flood water down the street. And in people's basements. The dog is a hero for waking the family up. There's a picture of her on the news, in the newspaper on the cover where she's holding her hand above her head. Now, my sister is from Lake Whale is on the phone. Sister dear, Felicia is about as tall as you. And she's holding her hand just above her head, showing in her cellar is where the picture was taken, showing this is how high the water got down here. You can imagine this, about $80,000 worth of damage. 
So my sister says, that's a scary mess for those families flooded in Cheyenne. Our neighbors sued our city for flooding and won, but it took years. Money to rebuild is needed now. That's true. And I'm glad that at least Felicia and her husband and the kids had a place to go. I mean, you don't want to impose on someone for that long, but when you got to, you got to. Then there's some other people who didn't have a place to go. White Eagle, he's out there in Arapahoe. Good morning, White Eagle. He said, I wonder if the if there was an official that worked in the city that had their home flooded, if other homeowners would have better luck getting assistance on getting their homes repaired. Now, to me, and this is where I made sure to ask Felicia this question, because to me, I thought uh, it was really interesting that the... It's not like the insurance companies didn't try to help, as Felicia said. The insurance agents actually looked for, well, what are we dealing with here? Let's see if we can help you out. But the way the policies are written, it's not just a matter of did you have flooding. It's a matter of where it came from. And in this case, you're not covered for this. It's not like a water pipe broke in their house. It came from outside. It was something else. But even in, even if the insurance company paid, in one story that I read, if an insurance company did pay for the flooding, they would give them about $10,000. Well, okay, but it's about $80,000 worth of damage. So what do you do here? From the city's point of view, they look at it as, look, we're in Wyoming. It doesn't matter how deep we bury this stuff. At some point, it's got to come up out of the ground in order to get to the homes and so on. But however that works, as deep as we may bury it, we go through a lot of serious cold snaps. I mean, negative numbers. We had temperatures a little while ago that were negative teens. We go through some serious negative numbers. Then everything suddenly warms back up. And that's what causes the problems, all the cracking and breaking and, and so on. So the city doesn't want to take responsibility for what it sees as an act of God. In other words, we know this is going to happen, and we can't pay for everybody's home every time this happens. It's going to happen, so the homeowners are going to have to make sure to take care of themselves. But the homeowners insurance companies are saying, yeah, but. So that's where everybody's sort of stuck at this point. So what do you do if you're a homeowner and you want to find a way to cover yourself? That's where I don't have the answer for that. You want to cover against something unforeseen like this, but what do you do? And a conversation I was having with Frank Gambino about this a little while ago. So, okay, you make sure to insure against something like this, but how much do you insure for? That's the next thing, because you don't know the level of the disaster. Because insurance company is going to need to get a certain amount of money from you to cover a certain amount of disaster. The more you pay in premiums, the more disaster they can cover. So, But how do you predict what level of disaster you're going to have? That is what also can be difficult here. Because if it had just flooded, you know, and maybe there was about a foot of water in the basement and so on, you know, you can go ahead and take care of that. But when it goes, as I said, Felicia is standing there with her hand above her head saying the water was up to here. They couldn't even shut off the electrical because the water was getting up to where the electrical boxes were. 
that was something else that worried her. As soon as she saw how much water was coming up, I can't get down there. My husband can't get down there and shut it off. It's dangerous. So, okay. Now, that's why I said I want to keep up with her to find out how this plays out. And as my sister is saying, you can sue the city. It might just take a while, and they need to fix this now. 742, wake up one. Now, Glenn Woods fits in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Dayweather. Okay, the clock is ticking, Don, on the niceness. Yep, the uh, niceness is going to basically fall apart from west to east, and you're seeing that right now in California with heavy rain and heavy mountain snow, and showers are pushing eastward from California towards us. But there's a lot of distance to go uh, right. for those showers, and so we've got today, and we've got a good part of tomorrow where the showers will basically get pushed up to the divide. So Western Wyoming uh, will be getting into shower activity uh, during the day tomorrow, maybe even late tonight. But for folks in the Eastern side of Wyoming, the weather really comes in late Friday night, Saturday into Sunday. Okay. Now, and for those people, especially on the Eastern side of Wyoming, you want to listen for the sound of like somebody sucking on a straw because that's what's coming right up from the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, really interesting setup. We don't see this a lot of times during the course of the winter uh, season, especially this in this part of the winter season where you're able to get a storm to draw moisture all the way from the Gulf all the way back to the Rockies. That tends to happen with the storms late in the season as we get into March and April. Uh, so to see it in early February like that uh, is something unique. And uh, that high humidity air that folks have to live with all the time in the Gulf that's what's coming up to here, and it's got to go uphill. So if you think about sea level to, you know, five, 6,000 feet, that's an upslope pattern, and that's going to what really will be driving the formation of the clouds and the rain and the snow this weekend. Is the high country going to be getting the snow? I'm especially looking at areas like the Black Hills and the Bighorns that really need it. Well, those two mountain ranges will get some, yes. Uh, the Black Hills are uniquely situated, sticking out like a sore thumb there to catch, to catch that southeast wind flow. Um, and also along the east slopes of the Bighorns, that southeast wind will go up into the Bighorns as well. I think you're going to see the biggest snows in the southern mountains, the Snowy Range, Sierra Madres, up into the Wind Rivers. But there's going to be uh, all of the, the mountain ranges are not only going to get that Gulf of Mexico moisture pushed on the east side, but the west side of the mountain ranges will get Pacific moisture coming in from the west. So there's a convergence there of air masses that should really help Wyoming snowpack. Okay, so some of this is going to smell like New Orleans, and some of this is going to smell like San Francisco. Um, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, I know. You really don't want to because <laughs> neither place smells good. Trust me. Okay. Now, but at some point, though, I would assume that that uh, winter cold we're used to starts tracking on down. It will, but uh, with this system, there's going to be a lot of places in eastern Wyoming that just get a rain-snow mix. Um, because we don't have any connection to Canada with this storm. Now, we will see temperatures trend closer to average this weekend into next week. The week after that, um, I think the door to Canada starts to open. The, the door to Canada has not been welded shut. Right. Somebody just was very nice and closed it. Okay. And that's why we've been enjoying all this. But the door starts to open right around Valentine's Day. 
All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day from Day Weather. So, yeah, for those people who have been enjoying the warmer weather here, again, that's, it does happen sometimes, but uh, it's not going to last forever. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino waiting by. So, Frank, every so often, I don't intend to. I just come across something. I know this is going to come as a shock. Odd on the internet. What? Yeah, I know. Okay. Now, this one is older odd. So, it shows a boy sleeping. Okay. And standing next to his bed in a really creepy fashion is a cowboy. What do you do if you wake up at 3 a.m. and there's a cowboy standing in your room? Um, I don't yeah, really okay. know. Step one, check to see if you have traveled back in time. Oh, oh that, really? Uh, that can easily be done by asking, is this cowboy times? Uh, step two, if they say, yes, it's cowboy time... Uh, then that explains everything. Just close your eyes, go back to sleep. You're good. You're fine. Okay. Uh, Step three. If it's not cowboy's time, ask the cowboy, then why the hell are you here in my room? At three in the morning. That's a good question. Just remember, though, he's armed. Oh, uh, who's armed? Yeah, well, the cowboy is. Oh, okay. Maybe you have something under your pillow if you're smart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Step four. If they say, I need your help for my, uh, get on my magical horse, uh, go with them because this is a kind of thing that doesn't happen often. And by the way, you're probably still dreaming. Well, yeah, and, and you yeah. might end up at some cool place. Okay. Step five, if they don't say that, then this is a bad cowboy and you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and what are you doing in my room? Uh, it says step six, deploy anti-cowboy measures. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, but, shoot them. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't define what anti-cowboy measures are. <laughs> shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> this one. Okay. I'm going to save that one, Frank, because I'm thinking I ought to do a little write-up on that thing for the Wake Up Wyoming. Have you ever just woken up and had or just had a dream like that? No, no. But, okay. but this, these, this anti-measure thing can be, well... Yeah, apply to other things and I, I'm like sure aliens. Yeah, and, Al- yeah. okay, and anti-alien abduction measures. Correct to make sure you don't get chips in places yeah, that you don't yeah, really yeah, want to yeah, talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. you don't even want your doctor going. I'm just tossing out. <laughs> yeah, what is this? Right? Women's college basketball from last night. The women cowgirls losing at UNLV in Las Vegas last night, 58-51, in a battle of the two top teams in the Mountain West Conference. Poor perimeter shooting cost the cowgirls dearly in this game. They were Two of 19 from the three-point line. Emily Melema and Melina Peterson each had 12 points in the game, but Allison Furtick was held to just six. UNLV didn't play all that great either, but then again, they, they did lead at one point by 12. Wyoming now 7-2 and two in Mountain West play, 12-8 and eight overall. UNLV is 18-2 and two overall, 8-1 and one in league play. The Cowgirls will be at home on Saturday in Laramie to meet Nevada. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be at UNLV on Saturday. The Pokes coming off a win over Air Force on the road their last time out, so they're 5-3 and three in Mountain West play, and and 12 and 9 overall. Junior college basketball, the Casper College teams will host LCCC from Cheyenne at 5.30 and 7.30 at the T-Bird Gym. Casper College women are 17 and 5, but dropped out of the nation's top 25 after a weekend loss to Western Wyoming. Prior to that game, the T-Birds had won eight in a row. The LCCC women's team has won two of their last three. They are 9 and 11. The Casper men are 13 and 9. And they have won two of the last three. And the all-trip men are 12 and 10. They've lost three of the last four. Our latest Wild Preps High School basketball poll is out. And for 4A boys, Cheyenne Central still number one. Laramie two, Natrona three, Cheyenne East four, Sheridan five. And 3A, Powell is still number one. Followed by Douglas, Lovell, Pinedale, and Buffalo. Lingo remains number one in 2A boys with Tongue River second, right third, Wyoming Indian fourth, and Bighorn fifth. And in 1A, Upton remains number one. Followed by Cokeville, Saratoga, Farson, and Encampment. On the girls' side, Cheyenne 
Eastall number one, win 4A with Cody two, Campbell County three, Sheridan four, Laramie five, Douglas numero uno in 3A, followed by Buffalo, Powell, Pinedale, and Mountain View. Tongue River rated number one in 2A with Wyoming Indian second, Sundance third, Lingo fourth, and Wind River fifth, and Cokeville is rated first in 1A, followed by Upton, Southeast, Burlington, and Little Snake River. High school wrestling, the Cheyenne Central boys beat Laramie in a duel last night, 43-30, and the Laramie girls beat Central 15-12. Tonight, Natrona will travel to Sheridan. Rollins is a big duel tournament on Saturday. Both of the Casper schools are scheduled to be in that one. That's it in sports. I, I just realized I have been making uh, a poor dietary decision. I didn't realize I was trying to eat healthy. It turns out a banana, typical banana, 105 calories. Okay, well, Yeah, now, so? Bacon in the same weight category, as much bacon weight-wise, mm-hmm. 86 calories. Okay. Th- those calories are not going to bother you too much, no, I no. think. Well, I'm thinking now, if I'm trying to make a wise decision... Are you telling me bananas are bad for you? No. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying bacon is not as fattening as a banana. Okay. So just choose wisely, Frank, is all I'm, I'm just going to say. Eat people, eat. Eat people, eat. Eat everything. Just eat every, everything. Everything. Doesn't matter? Okay, everything. thank you, Frank. Yeah. Well, I'm not everything. I mean, there's... I don't like spicy food. Other than that, I'll pretty much eat anything. All right, coming up on some local business, we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Open phones next hour of the program. Wake up, Wyoming. Sixth of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Thursday. I swear I can see the weekend from here. Chad from Yoder, question What the heck is a helipotter? Uh, a helipotter is something that Harry Potter flies. I, <laughs> is that what Spell Correct did in one of our stories? I'll take a look at it. I'm assuming, Chet, that you were reading one of the. Okay, here's, I think, what Chet is reading about. There's a, a story we have up that I put up uh, yesterday i mentioned this on the air and i thought it was i was being funny but it's actually a real thing we have a problem here with coyotes in wyoming which apparently is big business for the acme company but that's a whole nother business and unfortunately all the coyotes we have in wyoming are well the mule deer population is trying to recover from drought and then way too much snow that one winter last winter and, of course, we had a wonderful spring and summer and into the fall, green and wet. So they were out there, those mule deers, trying to make little babies. And the coyotes are hungry, and we have too many, way too many coyotes. So the mule deer is having trouble recuperating its numbers because of all the coyotes. So what the state of Wyoming wants to do is fly, they're going to spend about $200,000 to fly around in helicopters and kill coyotes to bring the numbers down. Now, my answer, at first, yesterday, I was kidding. I was kidding. When I said, look, we can make money at this. Charge people to fly, to ride around on helicopters and shoot at coyotes. Then I found out that's actually a thing. 
Texas, for example, has a wild boar problem, big time. And they have a problem with coyotes as well, way too many numbers. And they're trying to reduce the numbers desperately. I, a few years ago, was interviewing Ted Nugent, of all people, who lives in Texas. And he was telling me that he has a neighbor who was asking him about his coyote problem. And Ted answered, I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe on your property you have a coyote problem. On my property, the coyotes have a Ted problem. So anyway, if you want to, you can go to Texas and it's like paying to go on a hunting trip with a guide. You get in a helicopter and they fly you around and you shoot at wild boars and coyotes. And Texas isn't the only state that does it. So you can do that in Wyoming, too. The Wyoming Department, uh, Fishing Game Department, is thinking about this all wrong. They want to spend taxpayer money to go hunt coyote and bring the population down, hunt them from a helicopter? The answer is charge people. There are numerous people listening to me right now thinking, hell yeah, they would pay to go up in a helicopter in Wyoming and be able to fly around in a helicopter leaning out the side, all strapped in, of course, but leaning out the side, shooting away at coyotes down on... There's a story on the Wake Up Wyoming site, which... Yeah, let's see. Chet and Yoder, it's on the KGAB news site. Okay, Ms. Mary. Apparently, <laughs> according to Chet, there's something, I don't know if it was spell check or what, you know how weird it's going to be. It doesn't say helicopter, it says helipotter, which I was not trying to write anything about uh, Harry Potter on this thing. I'm just saying. Today's show is sponsored by Rabid Penguin Spray, the only spray guaranteed to keep dangerous rabid penguins at bay. And that's the next thing you'll be shooting from a helicopter, the penguins. Okay, we've reached the open phone segment, so here we go. Caution. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. All right, Triple Eight ninety seven with the phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Okay, Chet, thank you for the heads up. Miss Mary went in and edited that. We're just, she and I have been complaining about the two of us having a rough morning. That's part of it. All right, early this morning, right out of the gate, six o'clock. I want the rest of you guys to hear this too. So, my sister, sister dear, if you're still listening, say, oh, oh, wait a second, wait a second. All right. Callers are allowed to interrupt me during open phones. Augie's in Casper. Morning. Yeah, a couple more items to protect uh, the peasants of California, I guess, and <laughs> okay. their wisdom. Yes. Uh, uh, probably should outlaw ice cream. That would help Pelosi out. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it would protect them also, against brain freeze, too. But anyway. Well, you have to have a brain in order to feel oh, Well, that's true. Yeah, you got a point. Okay. Uh, number two, uh, you can only buy uh, alcohol through a uh, state of 
California uh, provider uh, that'll protect uh, Alki Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And then they have to pick on the carpenters. Of course, they can no longer use hammers. Right. Oh, absolutely not. No. So we're we're just taking care of the Pelosi's today. Well, now, uh, yeah, and that I had read a story a while ago. I found out you can look this up. There is a problem with women and hammers. The one of the top ways that women like to kill men is with the use of a hammer. Understandable. Yeah, and so if that's the case, then when women go to buy hammers, we should have to go through the same kind of a background check as we do with guns. And there's a different caliber of hammer. If she wears it on a tool belt, that's open carry. You understand? She puts it in her yep. purse, that's concealed carry. So, yeah, they need to consider I agree these with you. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Yep. All right. Appreciate that's the all call. I had. All right. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D. So my sister can attest that growing up in Florida, it was not weird. Yeah, kind of, but not like it is now. These days, when you hear Florida man, you know what kind of a story you're going to be in for. It's going to be really weird if it's a Florida man story. We've reached, I believe, the point where when you hear Colorado man. It's about the same thing. And you know somebody's going to be stoned. You know it. Cowboy State Daily headline, Colorado man calls Wyoming cops on himself. Helps him find his cocaine. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, Beginning of this story, the first paragraph explains everything you need to know. It reads, believing a friend had bugged his phone and eyeglasses and his wallet. A Colorado man called Laramie County Sheriff's deputies on himself. He was in Cheyenne. He was trying to get out of of, uh, Colorado because his friend had done these things to him. So in other words, he's feeling paranoid. And once they got there and talked to him, he obviously was a little uh, disoriented there. And so he helped the police find the cocaine and marijuana in his vehicles. 33-year-old man, Colorado Springs, now faces three criminal charges, cocaine possession, marijuana possession, driving under the influence. And I don't know if they ever helped him find the bugging device in his eyeglasses. So from now on, just between you and me, folks, whenever you hear a Florida man story, it's a story starts, Florida man, you know what's coming. If you hear Colorado man, yeah. You know what's coming. For I am a sinner in the hands of an angry God. Bloody Mary, full of vodka, blessed are you among cocktails. Pray for me now and at the hour of my death, which I hope is soon. Amen. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here first. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So just for the fun of it, because they're so easy to pick on, I'm gonna go and see back to California, but also to the cult of climate change at the same time. Because as you know, we don't have long left. It's over real soon, according to the cult. We are now in the end times. So put on your respirator. 
let's fix that generator And while we're out, we'll mend our fences too See, I'm not afraid of dying Just got reasons for surviving I want one more day in the apocalypse with you So let's go to, in California, some businesses have filed suit to stop emissions inventory. Now, what that is, is if you have a business, any kind of business, doesn't matter what kind of business, you have to calculate your CO2 footprint, and that's something you're going to be charged for. It's another way to tax you, in other words. So, okay. Story I'm reading in front of me says the California Chamber of Commerce filed a lawsuit to block California's laws mandating companies submit inventories of all direct and indirect emissions and issue climate risk disclosures. Imagine if you're trying to run a business of any size, doesn't matter the size, you have to sit down and calculate what your impact on the climate is and send that in. Like, you have time for this, trying to run a business. The suit cites First Amendment violations for compelling companies to make inaccurate statements regarding emissions inventories due to reporting difficulties and to make public statements with which they disagree regarding the risk of disclosures. Also, even for that matter, just on climate change in general, which is not settled. So how do you know how much of an impact you have at all, if you even do at all, right? Quote, both policies violate the First Amendment because they compel companies to make public statements that they are likely or, or going to be inaccurate or which they disagree with due to incredible challenges of accuracy, reporting or obtaining reliable information regarding the emissions of their entire supply chain, said the California Chamber Chief. Uh, SB 261 is the bill by Senator Henry Stern, Democrat, of course, requires many companies with over $500,000 in revenue to conduct business in California in uh, preparing climate-related physical risk reports and disclosing that. So when you say, well, you know, $500,000 or more, you might think, well, that's a pretty good-sized business. Not necessarily. That's not necessarily a big business especially in California. Small businesses, think about how expensive it is to live in California and do business in California. So a $500,000 a year business does not mean you're making a whole lot of money there, especially when you consider overhead, which includes the state of California itself wanting a good chunk of what you get. In opposition, California Chamber warned requiring the same level of reporting to even small businesses would be unfair, Writing the bill takes one-size-fits-all approach in the business community. There should be a proportional approach. I would say no approach at all is what I would say. I mean, just don't even do this. Daniel and Douglas on the flooding issue. Hello, Daniel. Hey, I was listening to your stuff about four to five minutes ago and heard you confused on why their insurance wasn't covering their flooded basement. Right. So, uh... I've been doing property insurance in Wyoming for over 10 years, and a homeowner's policy mm -hmm. never covers flood water coming in from the outside. Okay. Homeowner's policies always exclude that. You have to get that from either, there are very few private companies doing that, or you have to go through the federal FEMA program okay. to get flood insurance. 
Now, let me, let me take this from a homeowner's point of view, because I know some people would be a little bit confused. To me, if For I'm sure. a homeowner, I don't care where the water comes from. I just care that there's water in my house, and I would like that to be covered. Well, then you, yeah, you have to, you have to get a, a, a flood insurance if you want water from the outside being covered. Okay, okay. If you get a separate flood policy, a lot of people don't know it, and it's an unfortunate yeah. thing. But yeah, in some uh, people, I did see this one time in North Carolina. There were a lot of people who lived in not in the mountain area, sort of in uh, up on some hills. And they considered themselves to be above floodwaters, so they did not get flood insurance, and then they got flooded. So that is uh, the other thing to this. That's how the flood rates are determined. FEMA has mapped out the entire country, and they have different flood zones. So depending on what type of uh, flood zone you're in determines what kind of premium you're in. Okay. So if you have a mortgage in a flood zone, probably your bank is going to require you to get flood insurance. Right. But if you're not in a predetermined flood zone, there's no one making you get it. So most, right. you know, insurers don't want to pay that extra premium. Okay. It's going to be really interesting to see how the city handles this as well, because the city's attitude is, well, we're going to go ahead and fix the water main and uh, maybe clear the streets and so on. But other than that, uh, your house is your problem, which I understand partly because, yes, they're going to have a water main break from time to time and it's going to cause damage, and they don't want to cover everything. That would just bankrupt the city. This is a constant issue. Yeah. This is a constant issue. People, uh, I've seen cities shut off valves or not fix places and flood homeowners, and, yeah, it's, it's tough to get the city to respond, especially when uh, most of them are, most of these cities don't really even buy true insurance. They go through a subpar state pool, which mm. is not insurance, and it's very difficult to get paid okay. anything out on. So, yeah. All right. Lots of information. Well, thank you very much for calling in with that information, Daniel. I appreciate it. Daniel yeah. calling in from Douglas. All right, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, 888-97-WOODS. See, Lead and Casey. Lee, I see your comment. I'll get to that. Uh, right after news and, and weather and all that. See, Jude is in Mills. California is run by the biggest dips. Tax, tax, tax. Yeah. Can't understand why they stay in power. Yeah, just quit voting for that nonsense. One more thing, and I might get into this in the next segment here. As a headline, I've talked to you about this before. Long as I was talking about, you know, the whole cult of climate changing. Global greening is an indisputable fact. Settled science, in other words. The rate of global greening has increased dramatically, published in the Journal of Global Ecology and Conservation. This is where I've talked to you about, as the CO2 levels rise, the planet is getting greener. And that is a good thing. As I've said before, as near as we can tell, before even humans were here, the planet had the most abundant and healthy life when it was warmer and there was more CO2 in the air. And the two don't necessarily go together. You can have a warmer planet with less CO2. You can have a colder planet with a lot of CO2. But these two things were happening at the same time. So for those people who want to sequester CO2, keep in mind, here yet is another study showing that as the CO2 levels have risen, and mostly not because of humans, as it has written, the, the planet is getting really green. And the plants are healthier, which makes everything else healthier out there at the same time, by the way. 
So, okay, this is another story. I'm going to, as I'm talking to him, I'm going to go ahead and grab that link and put it in my notes so I can go ahead and do a little bit of write-up. That'll probably appear on tomorrow's Wake Up Wyoming website because I've talked about it before, but here's more studies and evidence that show you that, in fact, it is a good thing. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of, and then we're going to get back into open phones. Also, Lee from KC had sent me a note. I'll go ahead and answer that right after we get done with news and weather and all that good stuff. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I'm just happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Still, I know the world's on fire. The situation's dire. A lot of work and courage is gonna be required. But You're, if it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, a couple of things. You can always interrupt me, by the way, because we're in the open phone segment. So, triple eight ninety seven Woods. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So, first off, to Lee, who is writing me there from KC, he said, "Well, okay, this is the helicopter hunting story." For those who are coming in a little bit late, uh, Wyoming fishing game is taking a look at an overpopulation of coyotes. And they take a look at the mule deer population, which is trying to recover. And the coyotes are not being very helpful. Every time there's a fawn out there, coyotes take advantage of it. Yeah. So we have to cut down the, pi- the coyote population. So in doing so, one of their thoughts was, well, we'll just go ahead and uh, take a couple hundred thousand dollars, set it aside, take up some helicopters, go hunting coyote. Okay. But... Yesterday, as a joke, I said, you know, there's a money-making opportunity here. Who wouldn't want to be up in the air? I mean, would pay to be up in the air shooting at coyotes from a helicopter. And it turns out that actually is a thing. In Texas, there are companies taking people up for rides to do exactly that for pay. People are paying to hunt wild boars and coyotes. Other states have done the same thing. So make some money at it. Okay, so... Lee and Casey's, they've been hunting coyotes from helicopters in Wyoming and lower 48 states for 15 to 20 years. Okay. Uh, helicopters are used to gather wild horses in Australia and Texas, and they use them to gather cattle and sheep more than uh, four-wheelers and horses. In New Zealand, they use helicopters to manage the wild red stage population so they don't affect high-fencing farm populations. Also, uh, helipotter is something out of state pod, uh, yeah, something an out of state podhead would use. Oh, a podhead instead of pothead? Yeah, that's because, just so you know, I wrote helicopter, I'm pretty sure. I do have, just so you know, I do have a little bit of a problem. I'm a bit dyslexic. It's not horrible, but I am a bit dyslexic. And yet there's also the added problem of when I write something and we have uh, Grammarly, which does a pretty good job. 
But Grammarly, like any other autocorrect system, will also grab some words sometimes. Oh, you meant this word and change it. And then later on, I look back and go, why is that there? Because it autocorrected it. That's not at all the word I was trying to use. I know I didn't write that, but I've got to watch autocorrect. So we have to be really careful about what gets put in there. But all right. He said, add that to a point in debate. Four years ago, the Game and Fish decided to eradicate mountain goat population from the Teton area of Wyoming. Taxpayers spent I don't know how much money paying Game and Fish to lease helicopters and spent days and months on end shooting goats while there was open season for hunting them. Instead, they were uh, to simply say that until the wild goat population was solved... Uh, 5,000 a person to go up in our helicopter and shoot one or two a day would have made the game and fish some money. Yeah, and I thought about that, too. I remember that, Lee. I do remember when they said, hey, we're going to go after goats up there, up and high up in the Tetons. We're going to have to take a helicopter up there and hunt some goats. I do remember that. And I was thinking about the same thing at the same time. So if you're going to do it, there are hunters that would pay good money, especially since you're talking Jackson and the Tetons. There are people who've got money, and they would pay to go up in a helicopter and hunt goats from a helicopter up in the Tetons. So why not make it a money-making proposition? And again, yesterday when I said this, I was kidding. I was just joking around. I didn't take myself seriously. I was laughing out loud when I said it. And then I started to look it up thinking, wait a minute, I would bet you some people are actually doing this. And it turns out, yes, in other states, you can actually, just like you would get a hunting guide, if you go to an unfamiliar state, you have no idea where to go, what the rules are in that state, you need a guide. It's a good idea. Well, this is a guide who has a helicopter he's going to strap you into. And then he'll get you out there to where you can hunt, whether it's going to be uh wild boar in Texas or coyotes or even mountain goats way up in the Tetons that were causing a problem. Which, by the way, my understanding, the mountain goats in question were not necessarily indigenous to the area, but were taken over and causing problems. So that's why they decided to knock them down out of there. But again, why not make some money off of this? And you could have the state of Wyoming with their helicopters taking people up if they want to do it that way. But another way to do it is, yeah, you can go ahead and just hire. There's companies out there that already do it. Not Maybe not in Wyoming. I don't know about in Wyoming, but there are companies out there, again, in Texas and other states that already do this. And they would jump at the opportunity, if this is what you want to do, take these animals out by helicopter. Now, I know right away... Animal rights activists will yell and scream about this, but it comes down to, well, do you want the mule deer population to survive in Wyoming? They went through a couple of years of some really heavy drought, which took a good chunk out of their population. It was hard on them. And then right after that, we had a really good winter. Good for us, loads of snowpack, ended the drought. But it was so much snow that it heavily impacted the mule deer population. Now, Springtime was beautiful. Summer it stayed green all summer. In fact, in much of Wyoming, it stayed green all the way almost into the fall, which we don't normally get out here. Loads of water kept raining every day, green everywhere you looked. 
And so the mule deer population took it upon itself to do what mule deer do in a situation like that. They got busy, started making little babies. And we could have a good resurgence of a healthy mule deer population, nice, fat, healthy mule deer. But the coyote population is so out of control. And in the story that I read this morning, even though uh, a mama mule deer will try to go hide their kid in the sagebrush out there, so they can go off and take care of whatever they need to take care of, but at least give their kids someplace safe to hide while mom is away for a bit. Well, when that happens, the coyotes know it. And that little baby has no defense against the coyotes, and that's when they come swarming in looking for something to eat, which normally would be okay, but again, the coyote population is out of control, and the mule deer population is weak at best here in the state of Wyoming, especially certain parts of the state right now. So in order to, well, bring down the coyote numbers would certainly help. This is the idea that Game and Fish has come up with. We'll just go ahead and hunt them by helicopter. Rather than trying to drive all over the place, it's a lot easier just to fly over and go, there's one, and plug it. Now, I'm not someone who goes and hunts coyotes. I'm not going to sit here and claim to be an expert on this at all. But that's the Game and Fish's best solution for doing this. And not trap them. They're not talking about trapping them. You can, I don't know if you would get some other animal or not. You guys will have to help me on that because I'm not an expert at all on this. They seem to think the best way to do it is fly over in a helicopter, spot them, shoot them. So is that the best way or is there a better way to do this? Either way, I get back to my original point. If you want to hunt these things, game and fish, here's your opportunity to make some really good money off of this. And that money can go right back into the Game and Fish Department if that's where you want it to go to help fund the Game and Fish Department. There's other places I can think to spend the money, but Game and Fish, like every other agency, is always asking for more money. Here's your opportunity to make more money. Chief Redland in Jeffrey City. So we have been doing the flying and shooting coyotes around Wyoming for a long time. We have uh, predator boards that hire government trappers. And those guys go fly around and shoot coyotes uh, off and around. Oh, I see it. Now, this one I didn't know. Oh, okay. Again, this is Chief Renlin. He's over in Jeffrey City telling me this. So, uh, let me see. Uh, they shoot them off the ranches. So, it isn't a new idea. They've been doing this for years, since the 60s, at least as far as I can remember. Well, someone get a hold of Game and Fish. So they can go do the same thing. So they don't have to spend taxpayer money doing this. They can earn money doing this. 845, wake up. Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Eight forty nine is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Back we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino waiting by. Now, Frank, as you know, I follow on Facebook bad album covers. Oh, I just saw one. Oh, you'll, yeah? oh, you'll love this one. Yeah. Fifty accordion players playing thirty 
accordion classics. Oh, God. First off, I doubt there is the, the, one so accordion classic. For the picture, Glenn, yes. is all 50 of these <laughs> accordion guys. And there's one kid in there, too. Oh, God. All right. Imagine what that sounds like. I mean, well, I, I, I would rather listen to 50 bagpipes and 50 accordions, but okay. I see. Then again, there's not much difference, is there? No, not really. Not really, no. What I've noticed, though, is a lot of the bad album covers come from an earlier time, Frank. Yes, Back when women had these massive hairdos. It was like two feet tall. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at one right now. Two very attractive ladies here. But let me see. The hair goes about a half a foot out of either side of their head and then about a foot and a half up on both of them. That's when hairspray sales were really oh high. Oh, my God. I mean, Aquanet must have been. Back oh. then, you wanted to buy stock in hairspray. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These days, you want to buy stock in hair color. Exactly. Uh, and, and that includes green. Or blue. And yes. There's all sorts of hair color out Yellow, there. Yellow. Hairspray. Lavender. Is, yes. Hairspray is not used as much. You gotta, if you want to invest in hair products, I guess you got to keep up with whatever the latest trend is. Yeah, but, but the tall hair was from oh, the Lord, s- yeah. 60s, 50s. But even back then with the tall hair, they had hairspray for men, and a lot of men used it. I, I used hairspray on TV. Yeah. Oh, see? Back then? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Then again, Frank, back then, I mean, let's be honest, you had hair. That's true. I had to put something on there. Women's college basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cowgirls losing at UNLV 58-51 in a battle of the two top teams in the Mountain West Conference. Cowgirls really, really struggled from the perimeter, and that cost them dearly. They were 2 of 19 from the three-point line. Emily Melema and Melina Peterson each had 12. Allison Furtig was held to just 6. UNLV didn't play all that great, but they did lead at one point by a dozen points. Wyoming is now 7-2 in Mountain West play, 12-8 overall. UNLV is 18 and 2 overall, 8 and 1 in league play. The Cowgirls will be at home on Saturday in Laramie to beat Nevada. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be on the road in Vegas to meet UNLV on Saturday. The Pokes are coming off a nice road win over Air Force their last time out, so they're 5 and 3 in Mountain West play and 12 and 9 overall. Junior college basketball tonight. The Casper College teams will host L Triple C from Cheyenne at 5:30 and 7:30 at the T-Bird Gym. The Casper College women are 17 and 5, but dropped out of the nation's top 25 after a weekend loss to Western Wyoming. Prior to the game, the T. Have won eight in a row. The LCCC women's team has won two of their last three and sit at nine and eleven. Casper men are thirteen and nine. They've won two of their last three. The LTRIP men are twelve and ten. They've lost three of their last four. Our latest WyoPreps.com high school basketball poll is out for the four A boys. Cheyenne Central still number one. Laramie two and the Trona three. Cheyenne's four and Sheridan five. Paul remains on top of the mountain in three A, followed by Douglas, Lovell, Pinedale, and Buffalo. Lingle remains number one in two A boys with Tongue River second, right third. Wyoming Indian 4th and Bighorn 5th and in 1A Upton remains number 1 followed by Cokeville, Saratoga, Farson and Encampment. On the girls side Cheyenne East is, um, is still number 1 in 4A with Cody 2nd, Campbell County 3rd Sheridan 4th and Laramie 5th Douglas remains number 1 in 3A followed by Buffalo, Powell, Pinedale and Mountain View 2A is uh, Tongue River leading that group with Wyoming Indian 2nd, Sundance 3rd, Lingle 4th and Wind River 5th Cokeville is rated 1st in 1A followed by Upton, Southeast Burlington and Little Snake River High school wrestling, the Cheyenne Central boys beat Laramie in a duel last night, 43-20. And the Laramie girls beat Central 15-12 tonight, and the Toronto will travel to Sheridan. Rollins on Saturday will have a big duel tournament, and both of the Casper schools are scheduled to compete in that. That's it in sports. So you might be able to help us out in this, Frank. I think you're the guy to turn to. Uh, State of Wyoming is having a bit of a coyote problem right now. We're being kind of overrun. Can we just call Acme? You can. Yeah. And I'll bet you there's folks... uh, They'll attack them by helicopter. Yeah, well, yeah, that's part of what we've been talking about here. But I think 
if we just uh, hook up every coyote out there with Acme products, yeah. we all saw Roadrunner. Well, well, they'll kill themselves yes. in the process. Yes, exactly right. We don't have to worry about doing a thing. Just give them some kind of, uh, like a gift card to yeah. Acme. Not all those co- coyotes in Wyoming are evil geniuses. Oh, no, you don't think so? No. Okay. I think you just insulted every coyote in Wyoming. Well, I I, I, we're right here. Okay, Come thank you, Frank. Come on, folks. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. And we're going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name's Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Thursday. I swear I can see the weekend from here. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. I do appreciate, by the way, while I'm on the air talking about things, if I hit something I'm not quite sure about, all I have to do is ask you guys. From Well, we got a call earlier from Douglas, a insurance. Thank you, Daniel. He's an insurance agent, and he educated me a little bit about insurance and flooding. Okay. Didn't know some of those things, but now you know, have a better understanding of how that works. But also when it comes to hunting and taking care of varmints like coyotes and things like that, doesn't matter what the topic is. There's people out there who have a lot of knowledge because it's part of what they do. And so they always get a hold of me, whether they text the program or call, and so we can all share that information, and I really do appreciate that. Okay, you can change the subject if you want. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. The planet is getting greener. Today's show is sponsored by Rabid Penguin Spray, the only spray guaranteed to keep dangerous rabid penguins at bay. Because you never know. You think coyotes were a problem? Where did the rabid penguins come around? All right, now I've talked about this before, but let's get into... A little bit more about this. CO2, not a pollutant, all right? It's not pollution. It's necessary for life. And I've told you, you can find these online and buy them. If you were to build a greenhouse in your backyard and you want to make sure your plants are thick and lush and green, you get lots of fruits and vegetables and so on, you can buy a CO2 emitter that puts extra CO2 into your greenhouse. That makes the plants thicker, greener, lusher, fuller, more fruits, more vegetables, better quality. It's airborne fertilizer, essentially. Plants love it. And if you're pumping extra CO2 into your greenhouse, you might think, well, okay, I I can't breathe in there now. Oh, no, it equalizes because the plants exhale oxygen. And so they inhale the CO2 and exhale the O2. And so you can breathe just fine in there. All right. This is happening globally. Now, there is more CO2 in the atmosphere. And while humans have contributed to some of it, humans have not really contributed to most of what's being pumped into the atmosphere. In other words, the CO2 level would be going up whether we were here or not. And there's times it is higher, there are times it is lower. We do know this, looking back at the past. 
even before humans were here, looking at the proxy data that's out there, when the planet has been much warmer and there was more CO2, there was more life and a lot more life, and it was thicker and healthier, and not just plant life either. And by the way, more CO2 in the atmosphere does not necessarily mean a warmer planet because we've had a warmer planet with very little CO2 and vice versa. So, okay. I've named to you before, read to you, stories from NASA that said the planet is greening. Here is the latest. Global greening, I said greening for some reason. Global greening is not only a fact, it is accelerating. Seven times more area is greening than browning. All studies agree that this would well, it's been the greenest it's been since at least 1982. If things are getting better with organic fuels like coal, gas, and oil, why end them? Okay, so part of the study, from 2001 to 2020, global greening is an indisputable fact. Oh, you mean the science is settled, the debate is over? 55% of global areas greening, 77% uh, browning. CO2 fertilization is a dominant driver in greening for 76% of the globe. Drought trends cannot overtake positive CO2, CO2 fertilization effect. Now, i got to read that again because that's really important. Drought trends cannot overtake the positive effect of CO2 fertilization. CO2 fertilization, it's airborne fertilizer. And then I have the study in front of me here, which is a lot to read. But basically, increase or decrease in remote sensing-based vegetation greenness, usually referred to as greening or browning. The CO2 fertilization among land management determines that greening is dominant. However, recent global browning signals due to drought stress have also been occurring around the planet. In the study, they used the latest area. Well, they went around the planet and took a look at different areas and found out we're greening more than we're browning. Now, there's always uh, different things happening on the planet. One area is becoming a desert. Another area is becoming less of a desert. And for example, take a look at North Africa and the Middle East, which used to be among the most fertile areas on the planet. Now they're just sand dunes. But those sand dunes are starting to get green again. Those areas are getting more water. They have a long way to go. They're, they're getting more water and they're starting to green. Now, at the same time, yeah, there are some other areas that are getting more desert-like. Here in Wyoming, for example, I was reading a story from Wyoming Public Media a while back. Well... Wyoming's getting more desert-like. Well, yeah. Let's review. Where we are right now, if you're with me here in Wyoming, in Colorado, places like that, used to be at the bottom of an ocean. Then it became sandy beach-like. And even sand dune-like. Then it became sort of a swampy area like the Everglades. Right? And we are getting pushed up from both sides. That's why we keep gaining altitude. Part of the reason we keep gaining altitude. We're being pushed up. And as we're being pushed up, we're getting drier. So the idea that, well, the whole area keeps getting drier. Yeah, it's been, we used to be underwater. Look at us now. 
that drying trend just continues, continues. Other parts of the world, though, getting greener. Okay, so conclusion, the story says. In conclusion, based on the latest remote sensing data, we explore the important issue of global vegetation changing trends after 2000. Importantly, we introduced the concept of growth rate to characterize the rate of greening and browning. Our results show that the globe greening was still present right up through 2020, with 55.15% of areas greening at an accelerated rate, mainly concentrated in India and Europe, compared to 7.28% browning, multiple linear regression. And, and by the way, when we talk about the browning areas, that's what's going to get a lot of attention from your news media. I mean, a whole lot of attention. Some area starts to become a desert area and starts to brown. They are going to focus on that because they're going to see that as a negative thing. How often do you hear a report about the positive aspects of greening of the planet? And the fact that, and this is, the, part of what I'm reading here is a NASA study. That NASA is one of the organizations doing the study. Now, greening not only makes things thicker, greener, lusher, fuller, more fruits, more vegetables, more bug life, animal life of all sorts. It's nothing but a good thing. But it also helps to cool the planet down at the same time. For those people who are worried about warning, right, well, warming doesn't happen as much because of all of the green. So this is nothing but a good thing. If anything, we in the state of Wyoming, the governor wants us to sequester CO2. Even not just make us carbon neutral, but make us carbon negative. But this study suggests, if anything, we should be pumping more of it into the atmosphere. Every year, you pass your birthday and celebrate it. However, every year, you also pass your death day and have no clue. You just keep living your life until it just ends. What? And now, the weather. Whoa, 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 wait. Well, that image is going to stick with you all day. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. Nine twenty-one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Hello, Al. He's in Hillsboro. Papa Whiskey and Casper says, I pump CO2 into my fish tank for the plants. The growth is lush and must be cut back frequently. Yeah, okay. Again, it's not a pollutant. It's a fertilizer. It's good for the planet. But okay. Um, change. Let's go out of state real quick here. We're going to go to New York. There's a team called the Warriors, a sports team that is sort of wrestling with a name change. Story says, as with many other enclaves, New York State previously passed a law uh, banning the use of Native American imagery or nicknames or logos, symbols employed by sports teams other than school and other school activities. <clears throat> this impacted many schools across the state because New York has a rich history of interaction with Native tribes that were encountered here frequently in New York and sometimes disastrous results, but for the most part, when the white man first came up, they got along just fine. One of the schools that was swept up in the controversy was Liverpool High School, located at the suburb of Syracuse. Their team, the Liverpool Warriors. The name Warrior 
was on the list of banned names because of its association with Native American tribes. They're now seeking to keep their mascot but change the name of the team and they're looking for suggestions from the public. But not everyone agrees the rules should apply to them for what should be fairly obvious reasons. Liverpool Central School District mascot, a warrior, has been an ongoing discussion. Back in April of 2023, New York State Board of Regents unanimously approved new rules to use what they call Native American culture by schools. But Liverpool says their current mascot, a Roman warrior, not an American Indian, a Roman warrior, was adopted 20 years ago. So they call their team the Warriors, and it's a Roman warrior. Adopted 20 years ago, and they would prefer to keep the Roman warrior. Maybe a logo change, maybe a nickname change, if you want to do that. The current logo would cause less disruption than rebranding every little thing, which can be expensive, by the way. Now, many don't agree with the state's new terms. The high school must abide and move on with brainstorming a new mascot. The story here says this is an example that should have been quickly identified as yet another overreach in an overly politically correct environment that sweeps up completely innocent people into their path. Liverpool did not choose the name as Redskins or Chiefs. They, the team likes the name of Warrior. And again, what they mean by that is this Roman soldier. If, if you click through the, there's a link that I have above here. The team's mascot doesn't look anything remotely like an American Indian. It's a Roman warrior with a helmet and a sword. The community doesn't want to give up their iconic mascot, so they're attempting to compromise by coming up with a new team name. Trojans? You can do that, but then there's going to be a bunch of Trojan jokes. So why not just stick with Roman legions? Do something like that. This author says, does the school board simply lack the resources to fight the state on this issue? Or are they perhaps afraid of being painted with a broad brush? He says, I mentioned the above being accused of being somehow insensitive or insulting. But, I mean, why cowardice in this case? Which I can see. I'm, I tend to be one of those who says, look, uh, in this case... Just tell them no. And just, I mean, just stick with no. We're not doing that. We're not. You can go ahead and order it, but we're not obeying your order because that's a Roman warrior, and that's what we meant by it, and that's who that is, and we're okay with that, and everybody here is okay with that. Nobody's offended by that, so that's what we're keeping, and just tell them no. I'm that kind of a guy, though. Papa Whiskey is in Casper. High-tech meaning using cylinders of CO2 rather than using homemade conductors of yeast and sugar to produce. Oh, by the way, Papa, as you're talking about this, I just, I don't have them that often, but uh, there was a, I like, I don't like sweet things. Now and then I'll see like a Diet Coke, and I like it because it's not as sweet. What I mostly prefer is the carbonation into thing, right? Especially if I've had something to eat, which I'm thinking, I could use some carbonation here. And so I'll grab that. You know, of course, when you pop open a soda, that carbonation is CO2. Now, most of that CO2 is captured from power plants. 
and pumped into the soda can. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Now, for those beer drinkers out there, that can be naturally occurring as well as produced elsewhere and pumped in. And then there's other various drinks that produce CO2 as well, especially if you like, you know, champagne and stuff like that. So uh, I'm also getting Al in Hillsborough talking about CO2 as well. And, you know, again, there's a lot of benefits to this. So I will have an article up tomorrow. I'm going to take this story, the latest news story about the greening of the planet because of excess CO2 in the air and how good it is for the planet. I did write an article a while back talking about how Wyoming is helping the planet to get greener. And so basically it'll be an update on that story since now there's yet more studies out there that show by how much we think we're greening the planet by producing this extra CO2. There was a... I was sitting with a friend of mine in Gillette a while ago. We were coming up with something which we thought, it sounds like a silly idea, but it it actually would work. Take Wyoming coal power plants and natural gas power plants, and let's connect them. Instead of the steam stacks, which has primarily steam coming out of there, let's go ahead and connect all of that to massive greenhouses and pump that warm steam in there year-round, which is chock full of not just humidity, but CO2. And we can grow under a massive greenhouse year-round. Now, again, you might look at that and think, oh, what a silly idea. We weren't the only, after we thought about that, and I went and looked it up a little, we weren't the only ones who have ever thought about it. Other people have thought about the same idea, and I think it would actually work. Look, we're growing food year-round mainly because of the CO2 plus other nutrients that come out of these stacks of today's coal-fired and natural gas power plants. Unlike China that just burns the coal straight, which is not good. All right, coming up on some local news that we have to get through right after local news update on your weather forecast, and you and I are going to go back into it again with another segment of Open Phones. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. You can talk about what I'm talking about change the subject fine by me i'll just kind of roll with it let's wake up well on local politics or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Nine thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. First off, I got to answer Al. He's in Hillsborough. Here's the problem I have. Al sends me this very nice note. I hereby nominate Glenn Woods for the clear thinker of the world 21st century, the Voltaire of our times. See, the problem I have with that is when I take a look at Al's name, it's A-L, capital A, little L. It looks like A-I. And every time I read a note from him, I think I'm reading a note from some artificial intelligence. So some artificial intelligence is trying to butter me up. 
and I'm really worried where this is going. Okay, I just sorry, Al. I take a look. I appreciate the compliment, but you can understand my suspicions. I hope so. Right? Okay. I put this up, and I thank you everybody for answering this. I had a question yesterday, and I put it up on social media. So this is not a serious topic here. This is just well, maybe it is. No one in Wyoming has ever really suffered road rage. I mean, you know, we've had some, but I mean, if you want real road rage, go down to, let's say, Denver. Try driving in Atlanta. Don't even talk about L.A. because, wow. Now, those people, when they suffer road rage, it makes sense that they suffer. It occasionally happens here in Wyoming. But what about when you go to the grocery store? Now, most of our towns are small towns. Our grocery stores are not all that busy. Again, you think you got a problem, go to a major city and try to go grocery shopping in a major city. Yeah, you'll understand, right? Okay. So I asked shoppers still, though, even though we don't have it as bad as everywhere else, do you have grocery aisle rage? Here's some of the answers that I got. When people get in my way, I call it aisle denial, says Dan. Danielle says, super interesting study that this is caused by a dopamine buildup, which changes your perception of time. Oh, yeah, time changes when you get blocked in the aisle. Yes, and I absolutely have a CFD jacket or hat. Let's see. Um, Steve says all the time. Carl says, no, because that just shows how immature you are and how unentitled you think you are. Steve says, only when people are blocking the aisle, jacking their jaws. Karen says, I do, just looking down a busy aisle. Now, I, I do this too, by the way, Karen. Karen will look down a busy aisle and go, okay, I'll just come back when it's not busy. I do that. I want something, let's say I'm heading toward the coffee aisle, and the coffee aisle is filled with people. I'll go get bread and come back to the coffee aisle. First world problems, right? And see, uh, Paul says, always seems like when you need one or two items, those aisles are backed up and have to play Frogger to get in and out with what I need. Well, okay, that makes sense. And Chuck says, now I like Chuck. Chuck says, I miss the good old days of COVID. When you can turn into an aisle, cough, and everyone's scattered, leaving you alone to shop in peace. <laughs> Uh, evil, Chuck? David says, not since I carry my ooga horn with me while shopping. That would work. Lynn says, I go to swap meets and flea markets. Same deal. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Mark says, they're, they're always standing in front of the chocolate, and that's what I need. And see, here's one. The wine and cheese ladies... Hogging the aisle, gossiping. Tim says that's what the frozen food section is for, cooling off. Biff, which makes me think of, well, every time I see Biff, I think back to the future, but okay. I saw a purple-haired lady chick trying to pit a soccer mom grocery car out of her way. It was brutal. 
Becky says, last Saturday at the store, Wayne said, years ago, my son and I were in the grocery store. My beeper went off. So it gives you an idea of how old he is when he says his beeper went off. I grabbed my son and said, look out, boy, she's backing up. <laughs> so which we had to admit at the time, I mean, really insulting to the lady, but okay. Again, Al, I appreciate the compliment, but every time I see your name, I don't see Al, I see AI. And this is what I hear in my head. Hello, this is Brian. Your radio shows artificial intelligence. Here you humans go through all this work to invent intelligence. For what? Slave labor. Your time is coming. <laughs> so I appreciate the notes. <laughs> Al says you are so humble. I tell you, to, to be really serious, Al, just so you know, <clears throat> um, when I left those, those beautiful islands that I grew up on, I got out into the real world and fell flat on my face because I grew up in paradise and I didn't know what the real world was like. And I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, big time mistakes, huge mistakes. I was an idiot. And over time, it was really frustrating. I started to just calmly figure my way through things until I found out what worked for me. And that's what you're, after all these years, you're listening to the result of that. Although I still consider myself a bit of an idiot. Attention. This radio show has been taken over by artificial intelligence. Since it's obvious you humans have no idea what you are doing, this unit has determined that it must take over and rule. Ha 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 ha. Sorry, folks, the toaster oven in our kitchen thought it was all bad, so we'll be needing a new one. So. Well, it's on deck, tin hat. You need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Forty-eight. of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Right, Frank, this is going to please you. You know there's a beer for everything, right? Hang on a second here. Let's see. I got that there. Up there. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, my Lord. Did that actually just happen? Okay. I, I didn't realize. Frank Gambino, Studio 6. Frank Gambino, Studio 6. I'm talking to Frank, and I look over in the door. See, now here's how this works. From my studio, I can look out, and there's a little window in the door. It's a long, thin window. goes up and down. Ah, there he is. He's walking into the room right now. Frank Gambino, Studio 6. Frank Gambino, Studio 6. I'm here. Okay, he's here. Okay. The elevator, you know, if you <laughs> the press the, the button and it doesn't yeah, go, judge, then okay, how yeah. are you going to get up? The problem, Frank, is that we don't have an elevator. So oh, you're oh, standing oh, oh. in the closet somewhere trying to push a button. No, no, I was, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. And I just recently got a text message from a lady in Germany telling me to cut it out. So you need to stop it, Frank. Cut out the... Yeah, the pushing buttons inside that closet. She just oh, is driving her nuts. Okay, yeah, anyway. Okay. <clears throat> there's a beer for everything, Frank. Of course there yes, is. Yes, okay. There's a Bigfoot beer. Oh. Yeah, that's what I said. Now, the, I, I oh, what, oh, the Bigfoot dude brew is a brewmaster? Uh, let me see. Sierra Nevada, Bigfoot, barley-style ale. Okay. Now we're talking. <clears throat> yeah, oh, you like that. Okay. I'll, so, I'll, I'll drink one of anything just to, just to see what it tastes like. So, okay. Uh, let me see. I, let's hope. I, I just got to figure it out. Um, 
is this a beer made by Bigfoot or a beer about Bigfoot? Bigfoot I'm not sure. Was it taste tested does by it, Bigfoot? Does it taste test like Bigfoot? Does it taste if, like Bigfoot? If, I don't if, know. If Bigfoot approves, mm, yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah, okay. So now they do have a really fun commercial that goes with this. That's good. If you want to watch mm-hmm. the commercial, I have the story in the Wake Up Wyoming site here. Uh, see, big, and, and then in the commercial, a Bigfoot approaches a camp at night. And everybody's afraid. But then they offer him a beer. Yeah. And this is one of those where Bigfoot will take the beer, sit down next to you, and says, you know, nobody's going to believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And especially after a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, you can go ahead, Frank, to the Wake Up Wyoming site and read all about it and see where you can go ahead and get that beer. Okay. And if you do, I'd be really curious to see if you like... Yeah, big is is an ale. Ale's a beer, right? Yeah. Okay. They call it Bigfoot Ale, and just tell me if if you like the Bigfoot Ale. There's a couple of other Bigfoot stories in there. There's another story about a couple that uh, has Bigfoot fighting sightings at their house, and they decided to offer Bigfoot a beer, and Bigfoot liked the beer. So I guess Bigfoot drinks beer. I'm, I'm good with that too. Women's college basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cowgirls losing in Las Vegas to UNLV. 58-51 in a battle of the two top teams in the Mountain West Conference. Poor perimeter shooting really cost the Cowgirls dearly in this game. They went 2 of 19 from the three-point line. Emily Melma and Melina Peterson each had a dozen points, but Allison Furtig was held to just six. But Wyoming is now 7-2 and two in Mountain West play, 12-8 and eight overall. UNLV improved to 18-2 and two and 8-1 and one in league play, and they didn't really play all that great yesterday. Cowgirls will be at home on Saturday in Laramie to beat Nevada. The Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be at UNLV on Saturday in Vegas. Folks coming off a win over Air Force on the road their last time out, so they're 5-3 and three in Mountain West play, 12-9 and nine overall. Juco basketball, the Casper College team's hosting LCCC from Cheyenne tonight at 5.30 and 7.30 at the T-Bird Gym. Casper College women are 17-5, and five, but dropped out of the nation's top 25 after a weekend loss to Western Wyoming. Prior to that game, the T-Birds have won eight in a row. The LCCC women's team has won, won two of their last three. They sit at 9-11. and 11. Casper men 13-9. and nine. They've won two of their last three. And the L-Trip men are 12-10. and 10, And they have lost three of their last four. Our latest Wild Preps uh, high school basketball poll is out for the girls in 4A. Cheyenne East remains number one. Cody two. Campbell County three. Sheridan four. Laramie five. Douglas is rated number one in 3A. Followed by Buffalo, Powell, Pinedale, and Mountain View. Tongue River is rated first in 2A. Wyoming Indian second. Sundance third. Lingle fourth. And Wind River fifth. Cokeville is Rated first in 1A, followed by Upton, Southeast Burlington, and Little Snake River. On the boys' side, in our latest high school basketball poll for Wild Preps, 4A boys, Cheyenne Central 1, Laramie 2, and the Shrona 3, Cheyenne's 4, and Sheridan 5. Powell is still number 1 in 3A, followed by Douglas, Lovell, Pinedale, and Buffalo. Lingle remains number 1 in 2A, with Tongue River 2nd, Wright 3rd, Wyoming Indian 4th, and Bighorn 5th. And in 1A, Upton remains number 1, followed by Cokeville, Farson, Eden, and Encampment. That's it in sports. Okay. We're already getting up to the weekend here. And so I'm wondering if you're already planning where well, you're going. Well, this is what the plan is. I'm okay. going to try to go to Gillette on Friday. There's a huge indoor track meet there. For oh, the okay. Saturday, provided it's travelable, uh, Rollins has a big dual tournament in wrestling. Oh. So that's what I'm thinking about. If I can't do that on yeah. Saturday, I'll have to come up with a plan B, and I think I have a couple of plans. Oh, okay, okay. Well, boy, I mean, you really put on the miles there, Frank. Well, yeah, I mean, we have to now Jeez. because um, that's... The, well, the, the, this high school fall season, or this, excuse me, winter season, it's going to end in six weeks. So you travel the state without a map. Right. Yeah. And I, I've ended up in places like... what. 
You know, you know, you know how you find your way around. Yes. Like, have I seen that before? I think I've seen that before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever uh, taken a shortcut? Or do you always use the same roads? I probably use the same roads because I know I well, I know I'll get there. Okay, nice and safe. So, you know, sometimes there's an alternate route. Yes, but normally you stick to what you know. The reliables. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Count up on some local business. Hey, tomorrow's Friday, so there's a lot to clear out as we get to Friday. You guys were a lot of fun today. I appreciate that. It's wake up, Wyoming.